But first of all, the Brian saying hello there is Brian Lloyd of Entertainment.ie, and he's going to count down his top ten movie favourites of the year. Now they're not the top ten movie favourites that are definitely there for everybody. It's yours. That's it's mine. You, yeah, yeah. That's it's why my, you're here. it's my fab. It's not. It's not a fab fifty, but fab it's a 10. fab ten. There all we right. Go. Okay. So, um, are you doing a fab fifty this year? By the way, uh, no. No. Really? <laughs> Much to the chagrin of many people on social media. Ah. Anyway, this year's we, we we are doing a history, by the way, of the Fab Fifty coming up on um, Gold on RT Gold. But right. myself and Ian Wilson, I'm going to put, put about seven programs together of all that. Why well, don't tell me you remember when you were in nappies? I business. do. I re- I swear <laughs> to God, Dave Fannin, I really remember. I remember your movie oh. show. That's why I got started. That's why I'm here in front of you. Oh man. my God, this is fantastic. Here's the fiver, right? Ah, cheers, sir. Come on, Brian. Okay, but we never agree. By the way. <laughs> What is the point? <laughs> anyway, this yeah. year's movies, they did return to the big screen after yes. a pretty lean couple of years, mm. treated to a stream of mavericks and predators and multiverses and biopics and murders, etc. And basically, you're here now to give us from entertainment.ie, Brian Lloyd, your movies of the year. So basically, just an overall view, 22 in general, movie releases, any good? Yeah, a lot of good ones. I mean, it's interesting, I think... I've noticed it anyway, and I don't know if you've noticed it or people at home listening have noticed it, but, like, cinemas have basically been overflowing with films. And I think a lot of it is the fact that, like, the two years of the pandemic... The car crash of them, yeah. Exactly. Now they're all just... It's exactly. It's like a clown car of films coming yeah. into cinemas. So like, And, you know, like, streaming has, like, stolen a march on cinema. I think that's fair to say. Um you know, the pandemic has made people a little bit reticent about going back to cinemas and all the rest of it. But, like, I mean, some of the most interesting film I've seen in years have been in cinemas this year. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff as well is, is the fact that I think studios are prepared to kind of take a chance because, you know, I think the conventional method of uh, release strategies aren't working anymore. I mean, like, Marvel Cinematic Universe was kind of in its sort of flop era, if you know what I mean. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever... It did okay. It did decent box office, but it didn't do anything close to the first one. Really, did it not? It did okay. It did. It, it did. It did fine. Not that I have any interest, really, to be honest. No, but that's my yeah. point. You see, there's a wane in interest. Like it's just. Well, I haven't got interest in the first one either. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but uh, no. But I mean, I do think audiences have kind of hit an exhaustion point with a lot of comic book movies. Having Thank said God, but having said that. You know, there is a comic book film on my list, which I thought was oh, really, really okay. good. All right. But, well, yeah. we, we'll get to that. Just, um, will I ask you now, but looking ahead to 2023, what's the industry looking like? Will I ask you that first or will we jump straight in? Um, yeah, well, I mean, in terms of in terms of looking forward, yeah. I mean, I do think certainly in January, like you'll have like the Oscar season. You have the Fablemans. That's Steven Spielberg's yeah. big family drama thing. You have Tar. That's the one I'm really looking forward to. It's Kate Blanchett. She plays this kind of... Um, very domineering, controlling uh, classical music composer, and it's all oh, a bit of, of a past, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen it? No, but I heard about it. It look, it's meant to be yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I'm really mm. looking forward to that yeah. as well. And um, yeah, and there's a few more to come as well. Like there's the pale blue eye. That's uh, Christian Bale doing this kind of Edgar Allan Poe thing. So yeah, there's plenty to look forward to coming right. into 2023. Okay, well then let's start with the countdown. We'll go back in general in a second or two. You're counting down for number ten. Off you go there, Brian. Elvis is my number ten. Okay, yeah, I saw it, cinema, big, huge thing, screen, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. wasn't it? I yeah. thought it was so, so well, good. Well, the scene near the beginning, when Colonel Tom Parker kind of sees him on the stage for the first time, and the way they kind of yeah. ramped up the whole thing and amped up the whole thing in terms of an audience going, what is this? It he's was white? That, that whole thing, like, he's white, and <laughs> yeah. they go crazy for it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I will say, I do think Tom Hanks was the weak link in that film, I have to say. I just thought he was playing it too much like a cartoon villain. And like considering that it's Baz Luhrmann, yeah, yeah. you know, subtlety is kind of left at the door. I feel like Tom Hanks' performance wasn't believable, whereas Austin Butler, who played Elvis, I think Discovery of the Year, I think he was brilliant. It was I think good, he did yeah. really, really good with it. Um, very vibrant, very energetic. The way that they kind of melded modern songs into Elvis songs, I thought was great. And, you know, look, it's a Baz Luhrmann film. It's Baz Luhrmann's version of Elvis. Yeah, it's not so like, be prepared, but it's be great. Be prepared, but it's great. Really, really yeah, enjoyable. I agree, yeah, yeah. So it's not, it's not it's not your bland biopic or biopic. It's the real deal. Okay, no, it's so the real deal. Yeah, that's number ten. Uh, what's number nine? Banshees Vinish Air. I have to hold my hand up. Am I the only person in Ireland who hasn't seen this yet? I think you might be. I think I might be. I <laughs> think you might just be. But yeah, I mean, I do think it's it's interesting. I would love to know what you think of it because I do think it does kind of sit uncomfortably with Irish audiences for a number of reasons. In that. I suppose it kind of does reveal elements of the Irish psyche and the Irish identity, the the kind of pettiness and the begrudgery and the yeah. fact that we're all kind of curtain twitchers. Like, it's a bit sort of valley of the... What's that book? Squinting windows. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's kind of a bit like that. But in saying that... I was going to say dolls. <laughs> yeah, well, valley of the dolls. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, squint, squinting dolls. I don't know. Anyways, but um, the twin performance of Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, they are terrific. Colin Farrell has really hit his stride in the last couple of years. and I think He has. He has. And I think what's interesting is that they've, he, either his agent or he, or casting directors, have cottoned on to the fact that as, as much as he may look like a leading man, and yeah. he's very, very good looking yeah. and all the rest of it, his best work is when he's playing these kind of dweeby, pathetic, needy characters. You know, that sort yeah. of way. Very Take the other roles, don't have to be leading, and look yeah. how good you can be, and he's great. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. Like, all the roles he's done in the last like few years where he's done some of his most interesting work has either been either a supporting role or a character actor yeah. role. And then Banshee's finished here, and he's playing this like really needy... Um, desperate to be liked kind of a pathetic kind of creature to Brendan Gleeson's very glum and serious and dark character and it's brilliant I mean they, they play off each other so well Kerry Condon fantastic Kerry Condon from Better Call Saul yeah fantastic. and she is brilliant in this and I'm not I is am yeah. pulling my hair out why she isn't bigger she's brilliant in Better yeah. Call Saul yeah fantastic yeah. Here, I'll give you a blast but this is the Banshees of Inna Sheeran if I've done something to you just tell me what I've done to you I just don't like you no more. Have you been rowing? Have you been rowing? Have I been rowing? Well, you are rowing. It does look like we're rowing. You can't just stop being friends with a fella. He's done, Siobhan. But he's always been done. Right, Banshees of Inner Sheeran is what you've got at number nine. Number eight? Uh, number eight is Glass Onion. Did I'd you... look forward to this. The first yeah. one, I saw the first one, but believe it or not, why? I don't know why, three times. I know. No, it just happened to be that I was there and I went to yeah. the cinema twice even and everything. Yeah, yeah no, I love Knives Out. Got, oh, Knives Out, yeah. Knives Out, yeah. yeah. It's terrific. and That's good, yeah. It is. It's. I mean, look, personally myself, I have a massive yen for murder mysteries. Yeah, it's I Columbo. Lo- it's it's it's, it's uh, Agatha Christie and it's completely different. Exactly. Yeah. And Glass Onion is much the same as well. It has a real kind of murder on the Nile kind of thing. But, I mean, it is so delightfully rare that a sequel is actually good and mm. actually worth being made. Um, and, you know, like Cozy Crime is having a moment and, you know, that kind of genre, if you like, is easily disposed. I love it. Cozy Crime is that's, having a that's moment. What yeah. yeah, Cozy oh, Crime, it that's it. Yeah, it's like yeah. Agatha Christie, yeah. you know, uh, See How They Run, that one with yeah. Saoirse Ronan and all yeah. the rest of it. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, they are easily disposed to sequels. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they are yeah. easily made. By the way, the title, they didn't take it from the Beatles, did they? They did take oh, it from did the they? Beatles, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. okay. And Knives Out was kind of taken from the Radiohead song as oh, well. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, yeah right. no, I mean, in the film, it's, descri- it's, it's explained that Glass Onion was a bar that they all went to. Oh, right. But they do reference the song, and the song was played in the end credits oh, and all I the see. rest of it. Okay. And it kind of does speak to the fact that Glass Onion, the song, was all about the kind of, you know, uh, what was it, John or Paul? Is looking dead. back, looking back at the Beatles myths and stories, and like and, and the Walrus was Paul and all the rest. Of exactly, it, yeah. yeah. And Glass Onion is about the idea of people, you know, billionaires and quote disruptors, that they have this mythology built around them, but it's actually just all full of. Oh, really? BS, all right, like, okay. yeah. So it's I kind of just speak to that. That's the history of it, even pre-Beatles, is what you're saying, yeah? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. okay, right. But um, Daniel Craig is brilliant in it. I do think his post-Bond his post career... He hasn't is, done himself any harm, has he? No, he's done very, very well. Yeah. And this is it. Like, he could easely keep furrow, uh, ploughing this furrow for the next couple of years, and he'd be doing very but well. But his character is so outrageous yeah. in the first one. It's like the ridiculous accident. It's it like Foghorn Leghorn. Like. It's ridiculous. It works, though. And it works, and that's it. I think that kind of heightened reality works yeah. for him, like. He's yeah. able to. He's very good at playing comedy. I think. I think that's, that's something that. I know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 But um, I really enjoyed it. I think it's okay. one of those films that you like. Glass Onion. I'll about. tell you what I'll do. Um, th- like that's here. I'll just keep going for a second. I'll give you some more bits from movies. What's your number seven? Uh, the Batman. Oh yeah. Okay. Did you see this? I did. Yeah. And I mean, like, well, the thing is, first of all, again, by the way, what's call him Colin Farrell? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant in it. Yeah. In the Penguin. I mean, did come... you know that was Colin Farrell? If you, if you didn't know beforehand. Not. A, <laughs> I mean, the prosthetics um, and yeah, all the rest. There's no doubt about it. It's great and all that. But I, 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 yeah, move on, kind of. I don't know. What really? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's very well done. There's no doubt. But Paul Dano was good. Yes. And weird. A, a very weird. And I do love how they kind of run these characters down to their kind of psychological conclusion. Oh, that's what it is, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, like, you Robert know, Pattinson, was he, was he the... Yeah, he was Batman. He was Batman but yeah. yeah, I mean, he's this very warped, damaged person. I mean, yeah. of course he is. He's they dressed up as a bat. Yeah. 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 And, like, the Riddler as well. He's, of course he is. He's dressed up as a bat. <laughs> but that's it. Like, I mean, it's... No normal person is going to dress up as a bat and go around beating the crap out Unless of people. Unless it's October 31. Yeah, okay. And, you know, the Riddler as well, he's played, like, this sort of incel... Uh, terrorist yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. yeah and the penguin yeah and the penguin as well like uh, Colin Farrell's character he's this kind of horribly disfigured crime boss that has a real chip on his shoulder and just is very angry and yeah. you know like it's and knows how to change sides when the time comes exactly that's yeah. it and it's that idea of they're all kind of very um, psychologically developed characters which is not something you normally get in comic book films they're usually just very yeah. one dimensional he does this power she's got that power blah 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 and here they're more kind of well developed well here I'll give you a bit of the Batman you got a lot of cats everything about straight the bat and the cat it's got a nice ring new friend of yours I'm not so sure Okay, that's number seven. What have you got at number six there, Brian? After Sun. Oh, yeah. Did you see this? I did, yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was nearly as good as everybody's trying to tell me. A movie for the ages and the greatest movie ever. Yeah, I saw it getting five star reviews. Whoa, just pull back a little bit here. I mean, it's a father daughter relationship thing that is pretty damn good. And halfway through, you realise this is all kind of looking back, Mm. you know? And it's kind of weird the way it's done. The ending also is a bit too abrupt, but that's part of the plan. Mm. All of those things. But um, I know that about it. Paul Meskel did 
a very good job. He did, didn't the he? The two of them together were brilliant. It was just so bland. Well, they, like, just on a, no, what I mean is, like, there was nothing, nothing happened. You know, it was very real. Nothing compelling was going on. And yet the whole thing itself was pretty well put together. And you really get a sense of what this girl was trying to tell us. That's the thing, you see. I think that's why people loved it so much, was yeah. the fact that it was so cleanly done and it was so emotionally resonant. You really got the sense of loss, the idea that she didn't know later on, she didn't know who her father was and she didn't know what he was going through. And I think Paul Meskel, you know, his performance in Love in Normal People, it was was terrific. And there was a part of me that I was watching when I went into After Sun thinking, okay, maybe that was a fluke, you know, because he hasn't really done anything of note since Normal People. He had like a small. He was in that one with the, the Lost Daughter. The Lost Daughter. Yeah, yeah, but he was only in it for bonkers. Like, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's the guy selling her the deck chairs on the beach. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He was only in it for like two scenes. It wasn't really yeah. much in it. But in this, though, you can really see that he does have this incredible vulnerability that makes it really, really impressive to watch. I will admit, I do think his character in Aftersun is quite similar to the character he played in Normal People and that mm-hmm. a very, very damaged person kind of keeping it all in and trying to keep it together but trying to make contact and connections with people. Um, the young girl, Frankie Corio, brilliant in it as well. Charlotte Wells, I mean, this is her directorial debut. Really, really interesting thing to see. Yeah, but like, it's the camera the way it is. The camera is so us. We really are looking at this. And I'm not yeah. just talking about the in-camera video parts. Mm. And I liked all that. It was good, but I mean, yeah. at the same time... Little bit Five careful. stars was a bit over the oh, top. Oh, over yeah. the top. People saying it's the greatest thing ever. I wouldn't go that far. You yeah, know. But, anyway. but it was very, very good. It was very, very good. Yeah, no doubt about it, yeah. Okay, in fact, I'll, I'll give you a bit of the trailer here. After Sun. We do live in the best Scotland. No. Why? And there's this feeling, once you leave where you were from, that you don't totally belong there again. You know, I want you to know that you can talk to me about anything. Whatever parties you go to, boys you meet, drugs you take. Dad! It's kind of a, it's a bland kind of two-week holiday in the sun. Yeah. He's Scottish in this, right? Yeah, yeah and Scottish it's very good, a very good accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that is um, After Sun at number six. We're counting down Brian's top ten of the year. What's number five? Everything, everywhere, all at once. All right, okay. Really? <laughs> really. Did right. you see this? I did, yeah. And you didn't like it, I tell uh, I didn't like it at all. Kepasa, uh, Kim. Well, okay, okay. First of all, the scenes in the shop, where like the, the like where the, where the what to call it, the um, the laundromat. The, yeah, no, no. The scenes in the kind of uh, in the office place. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah with, and like with with where the lifts, saw, yeah, exactly. With the lifts going up and down, the baddies coming, the guys coming out of the lift, and all, and all the stuff that was changing. And then you go into the cupboard, and he suddenly has to tell her not to do this because this won't happen. The, the time changing and all the rest. And after that, I was going, oh god. And then he does his kung fu bit and like beats the whole crap out of everybody. And it's like, yeah. All right, okay, that's for some people, uh, it's not for me. I can understand that. Now, Thank you. I No. <laughs> Doctor. I, no, I can understand that, and I'll tell you why, because uh, Paul Schrader, the writer of Taxi yeah, Driver, yeah. Um, I follow him on Twitter, and he was talking about everything everywhere all at once, and he said, it made me feel like I'm ancient. He said he watched everything everywhere all at once, and it made him feel like he was ancient, because I do think my generation, you know, millennials, yeah, yeah, Gen yeah. Zs, and all yeah, the rest of it, are yeah. kind of more used to massive fusings of fusions of genres and it being more chaotic I think there's a lot of chaos and kaleidoscopic hitting yes. you in the face with stuff yeah no yes. question Yeah, but that's the, the, that was the nature of it too because in the laundromat there was a lot of that going on yeah. nobody knew what was happening except the fact that the mother was fighting with the daughter yeah, yeah that's it and I mean it is one of those films that it is it's not an easy watch It's in, in the sense of you know you can't just watch it and turn your brain off you do have to follow it you do actually yeah. have to 
pay it yeah. attention. And it demands your attention, I think. It demands your attention because it's so chaotic. Um, you can watch it on Prime Video now, but honestly, the best way to see it is in a cinema. Just yeah, And it's up for Best Picture, probably, or will be, will it? Oh, it is up for... I mean, yeah. it has, the nominations haven't been announced yeah. yet, but I mean, in terms of like the odds makers and all yeah. the rest of it, yeah, it's definitely... Not for me. Okay, that's the halfway mark, which is everything everywhere. Actually, I'll give you a tiny bit from it, and good luck with this. Yeah. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now, you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. The pile of receipts. There was a lot about the mm. receipts sitting there at the office, and he's gone off into different worlds. And not only that, as well, but like the casting of it, like Michelle Yeoh. I mean, the fact that she's able to play uh, an action star, a comedy star, yeah. have these real big dramatic moments with her daughter and with her husband, you know, and like the film flits through, you know, Hong Kong action to. Wong Kar Wai yearning romance drama to big sci-fi spectacle yeah. it's just it goes all over the place but it's brilliant it's, it's, so, it's so everything brilliant. everywhere all at once at number five woo, yeah. we're getting down to the last four tell me about it okay number four is Prey oh, I've heard of Prey didn't see it didn't see it no, it's, it's worth a watch yeah, yeah I yeah. loved it I thought tell it was me brilliant. about it so Prey is a prequel uh, to the Predator film which yeah. you'll remember from the 80s yeah. with Arnold Schwarzenegger there's, there's been Predator remakes there has been I thought as a Arnold movie Predator was one of the best uh, the actual Predator yeah. it was amazing this yes. thing in the jungle that was looked like a flash of light yeah. or something really good and this is in this it's so very smart how they do it it's set in um, 70, or sorry, 18th century America and the predator lands in the middle of Native American land. And Amber Midhunter, who people might know if you watch that TV series Legion, she was in that. She is this young medicine woman who yearns to be a hunter. Uh, her brother is attacked by the predator. She goes out to try find him and then gets herself stuck into this kind of battle of wits with the predator. And the best thing I could describe this is like Jaws in that it is just a battle of wits it's not right. necessarily a horror it's not necessarily an action film it's just a battle of wits oh, I look forward to that but yeah. it's really like leanly directed it's very very kind of tightly written and all the rest of it it's so skillful it kind of plays with your audience expectations it was released on Disney Plus I think that's an absolute travesty I would have loved to have seen this in cinema but this was Brilliant. Oh, it went straight to telly. It went straight to no, Disney Plus. Okay. And it was a shame because it really should have been seen in a cinema, I think. Okay, P-R-E-Y, that is. It is Prey. Here goes. That's what you went out after? It's what you were tracking? It's coming. Oh my God! Okay, that's uh, four. Give us your top three now, Brian. Okay, Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah. Did you see it? I saw it in the cinema in Wexford. And? Yeah. Uh, no. Fair enough. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, I think there was one weird thing about it that I actually I probably did like. It was so old-fashioned. Yes! 
It was just like something from the 1920s. Yes, like wings or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. It was so old-fashioned. It was a big romance with jet fighters and all the rest. Of course, she was a cool barmaid. Of course, she was. (laughs) Ring the bell. Come on, Jennifer Connelly. How is she not going to be that? Yeah, of course. And Tom Cruise as well, still able to hold it together. Even the scene with Val Kilmer when he came in, brilliant, lovely. I'm always, I'm always going to like Tom Cruise. Look, he's saying hello to people out there. Guess which? It's Kira King. It's Kira King. I haven't seen her in years. I love you. I haven't seen you in years. Tonight and tomorrow. We'll edit all this out. Oh, it's live. Oh, it's live, yeah, sorry. What was I saying to you? Top Gun Maverick, yeah. So, brilliant. Uh, Old school romance, fantastic. Uh, And uh, very much a cinematic experience, I think, because it's one of those films that you need to see it in the cinema. I mean, audiences have been kind of softened by streaming and they're kind of used to smaller scales. But Top Gun, if you saw it in IMAX... One of the things is, Tom Cruise, he is the only movie star left. He is, 100%. I like him for that. Yes. And I'd always look forward to a Mission Impossible 10 or Same. Is there another one? There is one. There is another one. There's one Dead Reckoning that's out next year, yeah. I love it, yeah. I know, he is. He is the last movie star. And the fact of it is, is that people will turn out to see him in anything because he chooses his roles very, very carefully. Yeah, I know, he's good and this is all perfect formula and works very well. Yeah, it is formula. And when he has to go into that place, like fly in, it's the getting back up is like a rump of mountain. It's pretty cool. It's like Star Wars. I mean, it's like the trench Uh, one at Star Wars. Now now you've blown it. No, but (laughs) it's the idea of it building to a climax and all the rest of it. But no, I I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was so good. I know people that cried at the end of that film. (laughs) Because they liked it. Yeah, because they were so kind of swept up in it. All right, so uh, Top Gun Maverick, we'll give you a little bit of it. Here's a clip from it. You won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. What is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. Who was that, Ed Harris, was it? That was Ed Harris, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'd know the voice anywhere. Okay, mm. sorry, yeah, no, yeah, I must say I enjoyed it, but not really. Anyway, okay, okay. Top Gun Maverick as well. It's called number three. What's number two? Moon Age Daydream. I'm not talking to you about this again. No, we've rattled right. on about this, yeah. but I think this is one of the best music documentaries ever made. I think it's one of the best yep. documentaries, period, yep. ever made. Yep. Terrific, very, very well done. Um, loved it, loved everything about it. One of the, I think it was the third or fourth film I gave a five star review to. It's about That's David it. Bowie. David Bowie. Right. And we'll, we won't say any more about that. No, it's fine. Uh, I just think it's a little bit too much about the director, as I said, but it's some great stuff in it. It's really well done. There's no question about yeah. it. I really enjoyed it. Okay, very good. I'll give you a little <laughs> bit of this. This is Moon Age Daydream. All people, no matter who they are, all wish they'd appreciated life more. It's what you do in life that's important, not how much time you have. Or what you wish you'd done. The absolutely fabulous David Bowie. Okay, Moon Age Daydream, you have at number two, and at number one is? On Colleen Cune. Oh, right, of course, yeah. Which, again, I have to hold the hand up. No, I mean, it's, look, I mean, it's the... It's the uh, kind of thing I would have expected to be on television at Christmas. So did I, in fairness. So did I. No, obviously, is it? No, I don't think so, no. No. But, I mean, in saying that, it is the highest grossing Irish language film ever made. Um, It has a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes of 100% with 42 reviews. Yeah. It is being seriously talked about 
out as a best foreign language contender. Good, yeah. Um, it's brilliant. It's absolutely mm. fantastic. The hype is real. I absolutely love so it. So tell me about it. So, it's, I mean, that's the great thing about this. It's a very, very simple story. It's a young yeah. girl is sent to live with her par- uh, live with um, distant relatives, Carrie Crowley and Andrew Bennett. They're brilliant in it. Yeah. They have this real warmth to it. Um, the girl has been kind of neglected, essentially, by her parents and her kind of domineering father. But when she arrives at the house, it's this beautiful ideal and it's lovely and gorgeous and she starts to kind of flourish into herself. But then she realises that there actually is a kind of a dark sort of a dark tragedy has befallen the house that they haven't necessarily addressed yet, but that her presence has made recede. And I think, you know, you know, all these films like Top Gun Maverick and Moon Age Daydream and Prey and Everything Ever, they're all very loud and bombastic and over-the-top films, but when you watch on Colleen Kuhn, you really do see that less is more and that it's one of those films where the silence and what is not said has so much more impact than what is said. Yeah. And it looks gorgeous, it's beautiful. Colin Barade, I mean, he'd made this really almost like Heidi or something like that, you know what I mean? Like It's almost like a kind of an alpine kind of thing. But it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's just incredible. I absolutely loved it. I walked away blown away by it. Okay, on Colleen Kuhn, or The Quiet Girl, as it's called in lots of places, of course, mm. obviously enough. And uh, that's a uh, number one movie for Brian Lloyd from entertainment.ie. Go mind yourself, Brian. I'll just give you a little bit of it here. How long should they keep her? Till after the baby. She <laughs> can't take it for as long as the lake. Well, ich Erin Galinsa. Scherze mag, but how the mess plech ik hartert. She'll work her. She'll let you a house and all. Oh, don't we all eat in spurts? Same as we grow. We'll keep the child gladly. Colleen Kuhn it is so listen Brian thank you very much indeed uh, happy Christmas and New Year yeah, and all the rest you. and see you next year and uh, I might as well give you the first one that you didn't mention here this is a minute that you did mention I never played a bit so this is Elvis movie clip good luck take it easy the most home, things are too dangerous to say Dave Fanning on 2FM.